0: Good evening everyone, it's um, June 5th and we're calling the meeting to order at 5pm, the Governments and Priorities Committee meeting. So um, do we have any additions or deletions to the agenda? I have nothing I wish it. thank you. Okay, would someone care to bring forward a motion? Councilor Good?
1: I'll move the agenda. If
0: Thank you. All those in favor? It is carried. Thank you. We have the minutes of the May 6th governance and priorities meeting in front of us. You've had a chance to review. Are there any edits that you would like to bring up? If not, would someone care to propose adopting them? To the motion? Mm-hmm. Councilor Shannon, moves to adopt the minutes from May 6, the Governments and Priorities Committee meeting as presented. All those in favor? It is carried, thank you. Comments from the public? I think we've got our presenters here. But And next up we have presentation. Presentation by the Peace, Area, Peace River Area Monitoring Program it's an update. Kyla Riesler, the executive director,
2: Yeah. Great. And we've got some other team members here with
0: us today. We'll introduce ourselves. Just want to just want to press the uh, button and it just stays there. Okay. Great. Are we ready to go launch it? Great, thank you. Um,
2: my name is Carla Reeser. I'm the executive director for the Peace River Area Monitoring Program. I'll call it PRAMP uh, as we go through now. Uh, we're really happy to be here tonight. Uh, with me is Mike Basaga, who is one of our technical program managers, and Eileen Korstein, who is our education and outreach coordinator. So we're pleased to be here with you and to, and to walk through what PRAMP has been doing, how we work and what some of our current priorities are. And I, I have to say, it's probably timely that, that we're here to talk about air quality when you have been experiencing some air quality issues over the last little while. So we want to, we'll provide a little bit of information about that too in terms of what we've seen at our air monitoring station. There we go, just like Kayla said, thank you. Um, there is a, a now a 13 year history of air monitoring in the area here. And as you probably recall, it started with residents being concerned about odors and emissions. And uh, one of the hallmarks of the way air monitoring happens in the peace area is that it's done collaboratively uh, with industry, community, government, indigenous communities, all working together to understand what the issues are and to to implement the monitoring program here. So that's happened since the very outset, and that continues today in the way our board is structured. So we were recognized as an airshed in the province, which has a, a certain meaning around it as an air monitoring organization, and we're in our seventh year now as Pratt. Just want to take a minute though to talk about how we fit in the bigger picture of air monitoring in Canada, in fact. And we start here just with the three creeks and uh, what's called the seal and walrus and reno boxes shown on the map. And that's where the air monitoring started, and that was the initial areas where there were some concerns. And and Prem continues to support the expectations that are identified in the, in the Alberta Energy Regulators Directive 84. So we continue to provide the oversight that that supports that directive, or the data that supports that directive. So then after a few years, we expanded our boundaries, and now that yellow box that you see on the screen shows the current boundaries for our air monitoring program. And, and now we're providing more information to respond to air quality concerns in the region and to do that education and outreach work in the region as well. We are also part of the oil sands monitoring program, which means that we contribute to environmental impact analysis for that oil sands region. So our funding comes from the oil sands monitoring program generally, or most of it does, and the the data and the analysis that we do contributes to that program as well. And get a little bigger yet. And we're part of the ten airshed councils within, there, or sorry, ten airsheds that form the Airsheds Council in Alberta. And with our our other airsheds, we share technical data, we share education and outreach best practices. And we're part of that grid, if you like, of air organizations in the province. When we look at the province, then uh, the Alberta Environment and Parks. Uh, uh said that, Ron, Alberta Environment and Protected Areas website shares our PRAP data uh, with the province as part of its suite of communities that provide air monitoring information. And we also contribute to province-wide air policy. And then finally... PRAMP is part of the Federal Air Quality Management System in Canada, and we're, our data is also assessed against the Canadian ambient air quality standards. So I just wanted to kind of position the work that we do in that bigger context. What we do um, matters to the community, and we serve the community, and we also are a part of something bigger too at, at various levels. Map here shows the 10 airsheds in the province, and PRAMP is the youngest airshed, if you like. Um, and the red dots on the map show the more than 80 air monitoring stations that are in the province and those are all operated by Alberta's airsheds. So the airsheds are the primary uh, air monitoring organizations in the province and the province itself used to do some monitoring and in fact those stations have now been turned over to airsheds as well. So the province does very little of its own monitoring. Some industries uh, do some of their own monitoring but the vast majority is done by airsheds. We are a not-for-profit society. Uh, yeah. we have Thirteen directors on our on our board of directors, including Councillor Shannon, who is not Councillor Shannon on our on our board. She represents community and and she has been a, a valued and uh, really appreciated uh, director on our board for many years now, um, and as part of our executive as well, and part of our communications committee. So uh, we really appreciate appreciate her input and perspectives. We're a part-time team of staff. And as I mentioned earlier, our funding comes from the Oil Sands Monitoring Program, which is funded by the industries that are the emitters within the Oil Sands region. We also receive an education and outreach grant from uh, Alberta Environment Protected Areas. I'll turn it over to Mike to talk a little bit more about the technical part of our work. Um,
3: So this map represents our um, current monitoring network um, and the green canola flowers represent the current locations of our, what we call our continuous monitoring stations and the continuous monitoring stations really are the backbone of our monitoring program. They provide near real time monitoring data that's available on our on our website uh, shortly after the hour that it has been, has been collected. Um, the kind of core part of the continuous monitoring program is what we, uh, 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 is the 986, 842 and renal monitoring stations, which were uh, really um, associated with the historical kind of context of the Three Creeks monitoring program or um, the older issues associated with those with those areas. But we've recently more recently expanded to include uh, the PRC monitoring network, which is part of the compliance monitoring network. And we've also added the uh, portable air quality health index station, which is currently in Grimshaw. And prior to being in Vingshaw, it was, uh, it was located at, in Cadot Lake and we're currently um, undergoing a consultation process to, to, to determine where it should go, uh, where it should go next. We also, through, through the network, we, we employed multiple different monitoring methods. Um, The continuous monitoring methods provide us that real-time monitoring data, but there's also other methods where we collect a sample, send it to a lab, and and, 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 and sometime later the results are are published on our website. We weren't going to spend too much time presenting our goals, other than just to present them on the slides here. Our our first goal is evidence-driven verification, that air quality in the Peace River area is acceptable. is at acceptable levels and that emissions are, are being minimized. Um, and really, this goal is determined uh, not only by monitoring the data, uh, monitoring air quality, but analyzing the data and results and interpreting those results uh, in in different reports that we that we publish. Uh, goal two is to that residents and stakeholders uh, have timely access to air quality data and information in a manner that is readily understood. And we will give a, a kind of simple example of that in, in this presentation. Goal three is that educators, uh, community groups, and citizens can access resources to increase understanding uh, and promote uh, healthy air quality. And uh, goal four is that uh, we're recognized as an independent non for profit organization in airship that is focused on continuous improvement and responsible leadership and air quality monitoring. So, as uh, Carla uh, mentioned um, at the beginning of the presentation, we experienced it, um, um Poor air quality or high health risk air quality uh, in 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 this in this region um, through late May, uh, much of late May, and this monitoring uh, this chart shows that what is known as the air quality health index, and uh, similar to say the UV index or the pollen index, it's uh, it's a provides a really simple, easy to understand. Um, uh, metric of air quality for for the public. It's a really simple scale of one to ten, one being low risk, ten being high risk, uh, and there's a color coded kind of um, scale that goes with that. And this is available on our on our website. It's available through um, uh, through different apps as well on 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 mobile devices. So it's one of our kind of key. Um outreach tools um, uh, for communicating air quality to the to the public is the air quality health index as currently being done at the uh, through the Portland uh, Monitoring Station, which is currently group shop. Uh so we wanted to talk just a little bit about our different uh priorities, which is the uh, first being our network assessment, our our, our Uh, We're going to be relocating our our portal air monitoring station, um, uh, ongoing discussions to uh, to integrate um, immersive monitoring uh, stations into the PRAP network, and then some new services for for members. So in in late 2021, we undertook a project to to review our monitoring programs in light of how things have changed in, in the area. Um, and we asked um, uh, some pretty basic questions about uh, our monitoring program: Are we monitoring the right parameters and at the right locations? The right, uh, using the right technologies, um, and uh, that that report is available on our on our on our website. But some of the key findings of that uh, include um, that we're effectively not going to uh, make any. Big changes to our monitoring network. Uh, most of the monitoring station, the monitoring stations will will um, stay where they where they are. Um, we're considering uh reducing our passive monitoring, which is the type of monitoring out of the mm-hmm. uh, East River East River complex. Um, given that it's um, said those similar pa- those pa- the parameters that are being monitored by passive monitoring are. Uh, and more robustly monitored using other other monitoring technologies in the network. Um, And there's also an effort uh, to evaluate uh, what is considered small sensors. So what all the monitoring that I've talked about right up to this point is very expensive to operate, purchase and operate. These small sensors are low cost, easy to to deploy, um, and Potentially able to deploy them in a higher density, uh, given their uh, kind of lower cost and ease of deployment. Um, we have a portable monitoring station, and that's that's the picture of the portable monitoring station in front of the uh, uh, town of Grimshaw's uh, offices, um, and. Uh, when we initially commissioned it, we, the intention was to move it from every 18 to 24 months. Uh, and I mentioned before uh, Grimshaw was out at Cadot Lake. So we have a current um, uh, consultation process of the survey on our website uh, and also able to, through, through social media to um, uh, solicit feedback from the public or anybody who might have a concern about air quality, about where that monitoring station uh, could, uh, should go next. Um, I mean, our intention is to relocate the that station in the fall
0: uh, of 2020.
3: And for our Mercer air monitoring, or the Mercer air monitoring, there are currently uh, a couple of air monitoring stations: one in, in town and one closer to the mill that are part of their the, the mill's way inventory and the monitoring program. And we've been in discussions with Mercer on um, integrating that monitoring into our into our network and possibly enhancing it to give the town of Peace River a permanent air quality health index capable monitoring station.
2: Just on the last priority, um, just to say a little bit about what we're intending to focus on this year uh, is looking at some of the services that we can offer for our members in particular. Uh, we think about serving the community by inviting input from anybody on where the air quality concerns might be in terms of where we locate our stations and so on but we want to give some specific attention to our front members to say how can we support you and so some of the things that we we will be talking about with our members will be uh, what we call purple air sensors They're some of the small low-cost sensors that might mention there are two currently in the town of case river now one above the valley one below the valley Um, and they provide um, information about particulate matter in the air, which is one of the things that's particularly helpful to know about uh, during wildfire uh, smoke events. Um, So we'll be talking with others about installing more purple air sensors in different locations to get more um, location-specific information about air quality. Uh, We wonder about offering safety modules about air quality for uh, for members, for, for companies, or for municipalities, if that would be something that could be helpful for, for, for uh, organizations and staff, um, or, or even internal uh, communication pieces um, about what it means when there's a quarter uh, quality and ways to protect yourself and, and choices that you can make that will help to um, uh, improve air quality. Uh, something that happens in other communities is establishing idle free zones. Uh, this often happens in front of schools where you might imagine when if you if you do air monitoring in front of schools, you can you you know when the buses are there and when people are there to drop off and pick up children. So sometimes those are uh, there's agreement to make those idle-free zones. Buses and cars turn off their engines while they're waiting. Um so just offering a few examples of things that we want to have discussions about with our members this year. Um, And, and just, you know, on that note, the town of Peace River hasn't so far joined PRAMP as a member, and uh, we, it doesn't stop us from doing outreach and education in your community, Eileen has had many classroom sessions in different schools here and community workshops, um, and we appreciate being able to do that, and if the town of Peace River did want to join as a member, uh, we don't have any membership fees at this point, although that is something on our board's radar that's under consideration. Uh, the membership just involves signing a form and saying that you'd like to be a member and be a part of the uh, the Pratt community. It would give you an opportunity to um, put, put a name forward to be a director around the board of directors table, if that were of interest, or not. That's entirely optional. So, um, I just, you know, that's my membership plug. That's about as far as I'll, I'll go. I'm happy to take any questions about it. But uh, we appreciate being able to work and serve in the community here. And Um, If the town wanted to become more involved, we'd we'd welcome that too. Uh, And that is our last slide. So um, we are happy to take any questions or comments that you might have.
0: Counselors, Counselor Carr.
4: When you collect this information, does it immediately go to a site that that say I can go look up look it up and so on,
3: like yeah. the wildfires. Well
2: yeah, you might wanna say where that might in terms of where it is.
3: Yeah, so um, you can go to the PRAMP website, uh, which uh, publishes just the um, the monitoring stations in our uh, for, in our area. Uh, there's also um, the government of Alberta kind of co- collects and aggregates the air quality data from all of the monitoring stations in the province. Um, for uh, and publishes the Air Quality Health Index on a map, actually, where you can see the Air Quality Health Index values. So, you know, in certain parts, in certain times in May, you would have seen kind of all of the the stations on the western side of the province having poor air quality and wind shifted. All of the air quality stations on the eastern side of the province showed poor air quality as that smoke was moving around. So there's a website. There's also um, apps, uh, different apps that can be downloaded uh, onto your phone uh, as well. Um, the, the The government website has the, uh, both the current air quality and for certain areas of the province, a, a forecast uh, based off of modeling. Because they don't um, you know, different meteorological patterns will cause the smoke to move uh, to a different area, say tomorrow or the or the next day. Uh, To give an indication about how you might want to plan your outdoor activities Mm -hmm. given predicted air
2: quality. So, Pramp Airshed, all one word.ca is our website. I scroll down to the bottom and you'll always see the air quality health index shown there within, and it's updated every hour. Yeah. Yeah,
0: thanks for the question. So, eventually, um, like when Alberta gets to the Peace uh, I think it's I forget how Peace River is split up in terms of the land the big land use planning areas. The airshed is part of that, is it not? So would all this eventually trickle into some kind of planning in that aspect of things? The um do I answer? So, oh, yeah.
3: Yeah. Certainly the air quality monitoring data goes into informing the air quality management plans or air quality management frameworks that maybe might be part of the land use management frame the part of the land use management framework. Right. Um, um although I, I haven't heard lately about any it, Land use, land use framework planning going on for this area. I think Particularly,
0: the servers yeah. behind.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, yeah. I know that different parts of the province are at different stages. Mm-hmm. The lower Athabasca, I think, is much further ahead. Than North other. Saskatchewan. Yeah, North Saskatchewan, right, yeah. yeah. But eventually, yeah, all of those land use management framework the plans have different um, Environmental management components, whether it be air, wildlife, biodiversity. Yeah. Right? So, you know, the air quality monitoring data that we're collecting would be used to inform um, actions if needed.
0: So, I noticed on the little weather map I use, it does the air quality thing in it. We, we got up to 11. So, on yours that would be 10 plus. Yeah. And are there different scales used by different groups for whatever reasons? <laughs> like centimeters in, in uh, you know, British
3: uses or something? Um, well, the quality health index is something that's used right across the, the country. If you see a so the only difference you might see is that some are gonna report uh, uh, 10 plus or 11, sorry, 11 plus, and some might report uh, 15 to 25. Or like it, it doesn't really matter because once you get to that stage, uh, the the health message is the same. You're supposed to do everything you can to limit your exposure Again, it doesn't matter if you really have any like pre-existing health conditions or not, it's it's, a, it's kind of a very much a limit your exposure limit like reconsider um, rescheduling outdoor activities. Um, Counselor, that a Okay. I got a quick one. Yeah. I see you can uh, become a scientist on your webpage, right? So we can buy these little air monitors for you guys downtown. So, so when I click on your map, there's a little thing on the bottom there so that says "Become a, a local scientist," and then when I click on it, it sends you to a link to buy the little monitors. Oh. So can we tie this into
2: the purple air sensors? Yeah. Um. I didn't know we had a link on that. We, we probably sends you to the website for the Purple Air. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Because it can go. There's a map there as well yes, that shows exactly, the data. Yeah. You you can't buy them through us, but you can buy them through that organization. Um, and people do set them up in their homes, um, outside their homes, or uh, wherever they choose to. Yeah, and we we can certainly help with that. But if if you wanted to host a device, you can let us know that, and we'll uh, we're inviting people to tell us if they would like to host one. Um, and we can make arrangements to purchase it and to maintain it for you.
3: Have you guys tied any health concerns directly into our air quality in this area? Like asthma, or... Because I've heard rumors that this area is really bad for asthma, so just wondering if that any scientific
2: data. We have not looked at what the connections are to health impacts. We consider our role to be to collect the data, um, and Alberta Health um, has done some work around the um health impacts of the air quality data um it hasn't been it's n- not in relation to recent data though i guess i'm trying to think remember what the years were for that um years ago. yeah it was a few years ago yeah so we don't i don't we don't have data that says that certain conditions are you know better or worse here in the area but we do provide the data to help inform those studies
5: yeah
3: and when, when i talked said that we we interpret the data and and make observations about it. what we're talking about is the trends and patterns of the air quality measurements over time, not necessarily
2: the the associated health that might be related to that. Not from an empirical way, anyway. We certainly talk about, I mean, it's all about health, right, that's why we're monitoring air quality. And we have uh, representative from Alberta Health Services on our board and we have regular involvement with Alberta Health representatives. So that they can help us, you know, shape the messages and um, and provide the best information about it. There'll be a radio interview coming out from PRAMP about the health effects of um, uh, wildfire smoke on the radio on on Wednesday, which happens to be Clean Air Day. So we provide that kind of messaging, but not the, the empirical um,
0: research. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and. Uh, it's always good to get an update and uh, like you said especially comes to mind the weather we've been having lately so um the council at some point we'll talk about becoming a member and uh
2: we'll see what happens from there yeah and it's an open invitation if there's anything we could provide that would be helpful in terms of information for the town about air quality we're happy to do that
0: great well thank you very much for coming yeah. Okay, next on our agenda, review of bylaws and policies. We have the Taxi Pass Policy Program, Director Bell to speak to it. <laughs> okay, making sure I didn't mess it up. End up just kind of watching myself on yeah, yeah. the screen here. It's a little exactly. weird. <laughs> All right, I have a couple of reports. I just have to go on the right one. Great. Good evening, Your Worship and Council. Um, the report before you this evening is in regards to the tax Pass policy. This policy was reviewed with Council um, the April 3rd meeting. Extra feedback here. Well, if that makes a difference. Um, at that meeting, council, the members of council in attendance reviewed the policy, and a discussion was had on some proposed changes to the specifically the subsidy level. Currently, the program is an 85% subsidy for every ticket to the client. And there's been discussion with council in the past of adjusting that subsidy level. So this was a report reviewing the options around how to make those adjustments to subsidy if council uh, formally wanted to pursue changing adjustments to subsidy the discussion at the time what that there seemed to be consensus to make some adjustments to subsidy but we had a motion of information so we need a little more direction and clarity for a further motion if Uh, Council so chooses this evening that we are looking towards that option four, which was our understanding of Council's direction at the April meeting of adjusting the subsidy level as per the proposal, looking at an 80% subsidy starting in October 2023 is what administration would propose and potentially adjusting uh, also ticket levels after a period of time to assess whether the subsidy adjustment is having an impact on clients and client purchase and usage so the report is attached the original report from april is attached for your information and this evening administration is just looking for a motion of direction from council confirming how you'd like to proceed to make sure we're proceeding as directed Counselors,
4: questions? Yeah. Counselor Carr? Uh, somebody somebody approached me, they they have a family member that, that uh, what is it, maximum 60 passes per month you can buy. Right. And this person buys 60 passes because they can buy 60 passes. Yeah. Not that they need 60 passes. So uh, she was asking, like, I think when you did your presentation before mm-hmm. you spoke about a young fellow who works up on the West Hill, yeah. And he always ran out of passes. Yeah. Is there a way for us to assess um when they bring in their, you know, say somebody yeah. has medical appointments up to hill three yeah. times a week? Yeah. Um, is he gonna run on a pass? Like, can, is there some way that we can adjust that with you know a little bit more documentation as to you know, if you don't have a job, you don't yeah. need sixty passes. Uh, you and I hate to generalize, but you and this person brought it to me, and I thought, you know, that's a good question. So,
0: I would have to confer with my staff on that one to see if there would be a way. Like it, once we enter the gray zones of people's individual choices, needs personal habits, it gets very difficult to put regulations around how the program can be utilized. And we've actually stayed away from that for that very challenge. Because how how do we regulate one person's needs and versus someone else's wants, it gets very difficult. Um, we could take a look at it, we might flip it the other direction. And it, if there isn't a need, then maybe don't get as many as opposed to giving more to someone. Maybe it's providing less.
4: Because there was more to that as well, and I think we discussed this last time as well, where instead of using three passes and paying a toonie yeah. to look to the West Hill, since they have a glut of them, they just give four, yes. which is kind of wasteful.
0: It is, and that it's a loss for the client. So we try very hard to make sure there's clients, if they need some additional supports to understanding how to use the passes efficiently, um, we attempt to do so in education. And then we also make sure um, some clients have assistance through family members or workers or other support systems. And we try to educate those support systems also to then, in turn, assist that individual to be more efficient with how they utilize their passes. Yeah.
3: Councillor Boykin. I see um, we only offer people with disabilities if they're low income. Correct. Is there a reason for that? Like, because uh, I was approached by somebody who was legally blind. Yeah. And they have to take a lot of taxis. So it's, it's just wondering if there's uh, yeah. a way we can look at helping people with So
0: the program is developed specifically for low income, and we've captured um, the the intent of the disability category is just to identify you may have a disability, you can apply for the program, but you still have to be in the low income category. So it's an income based program, regardless of whether you're a senior or an individual family disability there's still uh, an income level. So we that's the basis of the program. If council chooses to change that, um, there's implications. Ch- changing it, though, leads to all sorts of yep, individual situations, I guess yep. you would say. That's correct. Essentially, you're changing the basis of the program away from income. Um, so, do you know if in the past uh, few years the taxi companies have also, have they raised their risk? Yes, absolutely they have. So, okay. people are kind of being hit with that as well as whatever we're doing with the coupons. Yep. That's correct, right. yeah. Their cost of increase, as of Everybody. all of ours, yeah. cost of gas. Yeah. So, as a business, they are still passing on those increased expenses to yeah. their customers. Well, I, I guess uh, one thing, you know, in our strategic plan, uh, we want to deliver the town programs efficiently and so on. At the same time, our strategic plan speaks to uh, living in a, <clears throat> a welcoming community and stuff like that. So it's kind of where is the balance, I guess. But, councillors, uh, so we're being asked uh, to give admin more direction. And the more direction could be leave things as they are or the um uh, other three options as presented uh does anyone have some further comments it's
6: a question because i i don't remember but um as far as the the uh subsidy level we're at 85 how did that compare with other communities with a program like this compared
0: to us so uh a number of Larger centers have a, what are called in BC, for example, Taxi Saver, um, the BC Transit offers, and it's a 50% subsidy. So we've been discussing aiming for that 50% subsidy level. But you can see it, it will take quite, I would suggest it would take quite a level of time to get us to that that is the ultimate target and I'm not saying that it is maybe it's 60, 65, whatever is the ultimate goal but we would we would need a length of time to get there so that the impact to the client isn't um, jarring. And I see one of the other comments here was to uh, perhaps implement uh, the change in October 2023 so our budget this year is already set for 2023 Wait, 2024 right. that that's an option um part of the reasoning for choosing fall before we get too too cold is that if there's an adjustment to people's choices and their behaviors they have some time when the weather is still okay knock on wood October is nice Otherwise, I would suggest that we would move it to spring 2024, so March uh, 2024, and not January 1 in the middle of winter, um, when people really seem to rely on transportation supports. Councilor Good. So what
1: you're looking for, if I'm correct, is you're looking for council to confirm the already given direction. Correct. Um, to implement option for three, which is a combination of decreasing the subsidy to some, some degree. Yes. And decreasing the number of tickets and working within those parameters to meet the, the budget allocation, correct? Okay. that is correct. Okay. I'd be happy to make a motion in that in like?
5: um, Okay, and with that, uh,
0: would you say anything about when the uh, change will come into effect or just leave it for now? Your Worship, if I may, we still have to adjust the policy, Yeah. so some of that detail could come out in that uh, policy adjustment conversation, so we'll be talking about this again, okay. um, and we're proposing to bring that at the end of June.
1: So I would just like uh, to confirm the direction of option three, which is a combination of number one and number two. Increasing the subsidy level and the ticket allocation of tax Pass program.
7: Okay, any further
0: discussion? Was those in favor of that motion? Opposed? It is carried. Thank you. Thank you, Director Bell. And I think your next step uh, almost no unfinished business. So, new business graffiti cleanup kits, Director Bell. Mm-hmm. my reports it was a pile of topics for me this evening um we wanted to bring forward to council a really lovely idea that we have resourced from a couple of other communities in uh, northern alberta specifically edson and the city of edmonton uh we're openly um being very transparent around the the resourcing from other communities it's a great idea um we're putting together graffiti kits for not just members of the business community and property owners in commercial areas, but also available to residents uh, and residential areas. So the intent of a graffiti kit is offering to uh, a property owner, or they don't necessarily need to be the property owner. They could be the occupant or the leaseholder or whatever the case may be. Your property has been hit and tagged, as it were, with some graffiti, and to encourage. The quick removal of said graffiti. The kit would be available for free. You just simply need to make application. We're just finalizing our our little formal application process. Uh, Give us some photos of your offending graffiti to make proof that this has incurred uh, happened on your property and we will provide to the applicant a nice little kit including some assistant items that will um, mm-hmm. provide that applicant an opportunity to quickly remove the graffiti. So the intent is to one, encourage quick cleanup of graffiti so that doesn't sit and linger for months on end. Um, two, this hopefully will encourage people to address their graffiti quickly because it is free. Um, I think that's those are the main, keep our community cleaner. And a little more beautiful. Hmm, sounds wonderful. More beautiful. Um, so, say that uh, citizen X decides that uh, they see something on um, a pillar on the train bridge bridge that goes across the highway, and they decide that that should be removed. We don't own it. CN owns it. Yes. So we we provide a kit to CN. <laughs> um, we could. And and we have uh, been in contact with CN for that very example. So we'll have to keep prodding That's them. what happens. Yeah, because on that particular case, it's in an area that the average citizen, I'm not sure how they, I don't even want to know, uh, how the graffiti was put on place, but we definitely cannot go in and clean yeah. that off because yeah. it's not our structure and CN would be responsible for it. So they're aware and they did respond saying that they were going to take care of it. So. We'll just have to prod them along. So uh, the one I'm talking about is up on the West Hill, where the train the, the train goes across the oh, highway. And the one side there is a favorite place. Oh, oh, maybe we've missed something. providing that information. We'll do that. Yeah. So when there's a um, complaint of graffiti on a structure that isn't town-owned. Um, one will typically go directly to that property owner uh, through our CPO bylaw officer, would take care of informing the member of um, the owner of the property of the graffiti and ask them to remove it. If it's town-owned property, um, the park staff go and address this as soon as possible. So we take care of all of the um, additional artwork. That seems to appear in the pedestrian pathway under the the new pedestrian pathway under the bridge the town is uh, taking on responsibility for maintenance of that area and any other town owned structure good uh councillors any
6: yeah i actually have a couple of comments so specifically speaking to that graffiti that uh your worship was talking about we used to have a nice big rock on top of the hill that they moved prior to the uh to yeah. the, the the road construction. Yes. So back in the day that big rock
7: was part of a SEPTED initiative where they put the rock there and all the kids with with Grad or whatever would tag the rock rather than tagging the bridge. Other items. Yeah. Are we yeah. able to bring
6: that back and put it into uh, highway view so that it can be used for what it was used for
0: before? And ironically, we were just looking at our GIS today. Um, of that area that exact area and I said where did that rock go because we saved the rock yeah. Um, And the rock is still there. It just needs to be brought
6: closer. To yeah,
0: view. a little more visible from the road than it is currently it's visible if you're up um, Between the two ball diamonds, but not necessarily from the highway. So I was going to make a request to have that rolled closer
6: it, my, my other concern, and I'm not going to get into the details of it, but we had a former staff member that was here that uh, had some tagging that was specifically pointed at them. It was very, very graphic yeah. and very, very disheartening. Um, what I do remember, and this was, I think it was in my first term, not my first year, but my first year, my first three years of term. The town actually went in and covered that immediately. Yeah. So is that something we can also look at? Like you look at the ones that were just cleaned up. Um, they were kind some of it was graphic. Yep. It was directed at the RCMP, which are our employees. Is there, is there a way that if this kind of stuff is reported, even though it's on a private property building, we can address that issue by talking to the property owner? And then like if it's not graphic, why don't we just go in and, and cover it?
0: Um, fair enough. And I I would suggest that in cases we have and we would, but it's not something we want to get into because we're, quite frankly, pretty busy as it is just dealing with existing graffiti happening on public property. Um, so I would suggest we would ask that our bylaw officer do a, a quicker turnaround, as it were. Um, on private property and contacting that property owner and then offering up this great little additional kit to see if they could get on it quickly.
6: Yeah. So you're, you're aware of the one that I'm originally talking about I'm, was on I'm the back side, back corner of the sand. Right.
3: Oh, yes.
6: About one of our former staff.
3: Yes. And yes.
6: Like I say, it was very, very vulgar, yeah. very disheartening. Yeah. And that kind of stuff I never want to see again. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why that's why I bring up the comment like if if yeah. it's that bad, yeah. Why don't we just contact the owner? Hey, we're coming to cover this up. Yeah. And then.
0: And it's uh, possible. I, like I'm
6: would, talking specific yes. stuff, not this, yeah. not your everyday stuff with a smiley face or yeah. whatever.
0: I take a smiley face too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that we're. But is that now. something
6: we can look yeah. at?
0: If we would do it on an as need basis, yeah. informally. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Correct. Uh, counselors, any further? Uh, counselor Scanlon?
8: I think we just want to be careful about, um, I mean, it's, it's a good idea to, to get things cleaned up, but if we were to go on someone else's property, that's, it's like, say, someone gets hurt climbing on something, trying to fix, like I was noticing on the pathway when I had my biking class going under the bridge, somebody got really right up in there. And some, like I'm like, I, I I wouldn't even know how to get there. And and we I, I think we just want to be careful about discouraging people, whether it be our staff or or community members or whatever, in in uh, performing some acrobatic maneuvers to try to deal with graffiti uh, 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 that uh, uh, could result in injury. Or yeah. any other thing about our staff going onto private property and just doing stuff that we have to be very careful about that right. as well. That's correct. Yeah. Other
7: comments,
0: uh, Councilor Carr.
8: Do we have a graffiti
3: bylaw?
0: We do not specifically. The unsightly premises bylaw, unsightly bylaw, if I have the right uh, name of the bylaw, it doesn't clearly state graffiti. There is very broad wording around um, visual um, uh, nuisance. Yes, thank you. I was searching for a word. It's a very broad um statements it's something that's been identified that we need to tighten up some of the bylaws or add some other components so they're a little more pointed when it comes to issues such as this one yeah.
4: if and when we do that can we put timelines on cleanup like it's less possible. offensive as opposed to more offensive yeah. no, obviously yeah. everything offends everybody yeah. now but but the stuff that was left on the sand building yeah. for a year and a half probably yeah. was extremely offensive and should have been taken down immediately in my opinion. I don't uh, could we Could yeah. we possibly put timelines on it and give our bylaw guy a little more bite?
0: Yeah, it's very possible. When um, the bylaw is updated, a full review would be done to see what we can put in place around timeframes for any issue. There's a timeframe already once, you're, once you receive a bylaw ticket. And there is a time frame for turnaround. Whether we can add additional time frames for different issues, I will be explored and be brought back with that update. Yeah. And it makes a difference when we do have a bylaw person um, available it makes a substantive difference Um, we're already seeing the turnaround time for bylaw infractions uh, once we receive a concern or from a member of public or staff uh, the bylaw officer is addressing it with a property owner fairly quickly yes good good to hear okay would um they're further for the comments or would someone bring forth a motion to perhaps accept this for info thank you mayor Read it. yeah
6: i'll make the motion to accept the uh briefing no longer pd kit for information
0: thank you all those in favor oh uh, it's thank great. you thank you director bell you. and before you leave we're now on to capital project <laughs> updates <laughs> and uh there are three of them apparently so well, pay attention to the agenda how mine were lined up in a row very well done
7: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um council for your information I wanted to provide an update from our last update, I believe back in February or March of the pool hot tub project. Um, Demolition, as you're aware, has been completed. We did an RFP for engineering services that was closed uh, in late March and we have awarded the engineering services to AME engineering and they're out of Grand Prairie Office. Um, we've had a team, a team of engineers that came up, including architects, uh, structural engineer, and mechanical engineer. They went through the site and are working uh, currently on the detailed drawings and engineering. Um, they will be putting together what is called a class C estimate for uh, our administration's review to get a good handle on what we're looking at cost-wise in current, the current climate for construction for this project. We hope to put out for tender early July for construction and start doing whatever minor demo is left. There's a little bit left, maybe it depends on what they come back with some new design work on because they are considering leaving in some of the existing walls and not demoing any further but sort of making the footprint slightly smaller of the hot tub. So we'll we'll see where that lands. Um, But we're looking at concurrent construction. So if we do any more demolition it would be during our shutdown period. And then construction would happen while we're operational. We'll just have the space hoarded off as we already currently have, and we're operational just with the the, uh, wood walls are up. Uh, We may have to do some one day, two day, three day shutdowns throughout that construction, but we'll work with the contractor once we get to that point to um, address those needs. Um, We are putting together, oh, sorry. We are looking at adding, uh, the mechanical engineer is looking at changing out the salt system for the hot tub. Some of this is coming out of our concerns around the rest of the structure uh, and how the salt is potentially impacting the the rest of the building. So we just wanted to take the opportunity to maybe do a change out. He's doing some design work on it. It's not a substantial change and it's all in the back uh, filtration room. Um we are prioritizing the engineering services for a facility assessment as soon as possible I'm uh, hoping to get that RFP out in the next couple of weeks uh this will address an overall assessment of the building currently i'm just I've missed, I missed this set up perfectly 2 minutes ago now it's buzzing making our feedback um Looking at a structural review of the entire building and some mechanical uh, assessments, also to uh, inform administration and council of what we're looking at for a life cycle for this building. Now, in saying that, we've made the harder decision to pause the slide project partly, and I, I believe I informed council verbally at uh, the previous update. The upper level or the upper landing area on the second level for the slide, uh, we're seeing popping of tiles and there's all sorts of um, indicators of water infiltration, um, rust coming through some of the, the ground. So we're waiting to do the structural assessment before we proceed with that slide project. Um, we need to get a good handle on what's behind everything up there before we start ripping and tearing and replacing something that maybe we need to have a slightly different plan for. So we are pausing. It's not canceled. It's paused for this year. The slide project for reevaluation once we get that life cycle assessment or needs assessment or life cycle assessment completed on on the facility by a structural <laughs> and mechanical engineer. We are going to be asking also for some recommendations in that report of um, what else can we do to lengthen uh, the time of this structure so that we have some some good uh, recommendations that come out of the report to tell us how to proceed with the building that was kind of my update okay hey, any questions that- so I'll have a few, but, uh. okay, so the salt water, you can, you can just do the chlorine in the hot tub yep. thing without the main pool being? That's correct. With, okay. Um, it was interesting at that change uh, cafe last, whatever it was, in Grimshaw there yep. with the students from Grimshaw uh, and Glenmary schools. Um, the pool did come up in their conversations, as did transit actually. Um, the pool. They wanted to know like when these things were being fixed, or like, so I gave them what I what I knew. Um, so um, the life cycle thing. When that's done, so you're, you're saying it could say do this, and your pool might, uh, your whole pool might last another ten years, or um, you need to do something so major that don't do it, just go for a new, that kind of idea. Possibly. Yeah. yeah, okay. Okay. Um, any questions anyone? Okay, we might be waiting till the end here to accept for information. Uh, looks in. of it. So what I got from you is that there'll be some probably communications on the hot tub not being done in September because that's the general feeling out there is it's going to be. Oh, then it's going cuts. to be fixed in September. Ooh. That is the general um,
7: Yeah, it's only
0: six. starting in September and yeah. and we knew it was going to be at least a few at least a few months yeah. the um, or, Sorry, the mechanical engineer suggested At least four to six. Yeah, which is kind of new. Yeah, to the pool users. Yeah, so I have to indication on that one. Ourselves sort of went, oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay. But yeah. this is the process of... of um... And when that contract is lent, uh, they can double shift it so it doesn't extend for eight months, that kind of stuff? It I depends. Think. Um. Yeah, mm-hmm. it depends on their resources, uh, it depends on how construction is set up. It's a small space; can't have double the guys in there. I, it, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to make any promises whatsoever that I <laughs> and cannot keep. <laughs> okay. So next up is uh, capital update. I think isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh, maybe this is um, CAO, or is this yeah. Ms. Logan?
5: See you. you. Yes, it is, Your Worship. Okay, thank you. So, for Council, I'm just going to give a bit of an update on the 2023 neighborhood infrastructure renewal project. So, for the audience watching, Council did adopt a capital budget that included one million nine hundred forty thousand for the 2023 project. And the scope of the project this year is 95th avenue from 94th street to 98th street block 11 lane and then 94th avenue to 95th avenue so as you're aware project was slightly delayed because we um, became aware that the um the contract for the design of the work had expired. It was initially awarded in 2017 and it had expired. So administration went back out and tendered that work out. That um, happened in late to April, the project for engineering services closed the proposal. We did get four um, qualified responses to that request for proposal and the fees ranged from in, there was a difference between the lowest and the highest uh, proposal of $100,000. So the proposals were evaluated by a team and they were then um, moved to the CA awarding and the project was awarded to McIntosh Perry, um, which is a local firm here. They're very excited to take on the project and they have um, they're very optimistic about moving forward with it. So then we had a little bit more of delay while we just waited for the uh, drawings and the engineering work that had already been done, um, moved over to the new team, which they have received that now. And they're now just reviewing all the tendering documents and the um, drawings and whatnot. And they anticipate that it'll go for tender on June 15. Following that, or in addition to that, we did get some um, advice regarding the bylaw that was passed in March of 2021, which imposes the local improvement tax for those residents who are going to enjoy the improvements on that street. And so this year we connect with little choice, but um, implementing that local improvement tax this year. But the project is moving forward this year and then hopefully it should be completed before next year's property tax goes out if the project isn't completed or, or substantially completed by then we will be required to suspend the local improvement collection for until the following year but uh, we're all optimistic that we will have everything done and there'll be no delays and that's further updates as we become aware we'll provide Questions, yeah.
0: counselors, counselor
1: Carr? Are we going to have any kind of a
4: um, open house for the residents of that street? Because I know, and I don't, you know, I wasn't here when it started, but I know the last street are still very upset about some of the things. So are we going to have something just to make sure they understand what is going on and maybe get some feedback from them before we
5: start. Yes, yes, absolutely. So when we did meet with our kickoff meeting with um, Perry, we had some pretty detailed conversation about the importance of the community engagement with the residents are affected. And when we had another conversation on Friday, um, we're gonna be meeting with them hopefully within a week to review the tender documents. Once the tender goes out, we're going to issue notification again to the residents that um, it's coming, it's happening, and we're going to set a date and put the date of engagement to like a, a general public hearing or meeting um, in the tender document. So the general contractor will have an understanding and the neighbors, uh, neighbourhood residents will have lots of opportunity in advance to know that that meeting happening. So, within that, um, like
0: the neighbor, the actual residents were able to, um, if they wanted new sewer and uh, water lines from the cutoff point to their house, they were able to have that happen during this. So, any price differences that might have happened, will they, be, will they be taken care of, or will it? I guess are they going to be the 2024 prices for those or would they be 2023
5: for I'm gonna to have to come back yeah. to you on that I'm it's not sure much much yeah I don't know if we would have pre-estimated those costs because it would be built on construction cost I would assume but I can do some yeah. follow-up on that councilor Carr I think there was some
4: sort of a grant that they could apply for through the film $4,000 or $4,500 or something to have their sewer line lowered as well.
3: It seems to me that was brought up last year as well. So that may still apply as well. I'm not
0: sure. That wasn't on the the water and sewer lines where people have that. The bleeder thing. thing? It may have been. Yeah. It may have been. I don't I think it
5: was. We'll do, we'll do some
0: follow up on yeah. that. Um, So it looks like if the tender goes out June 15th, it's going out June 15th,
5: or it's due June 15th. No, we're hoping to post it June 15th, I imagine. It's already was, you know, the preliminary tender was posted and it was withdrawn. So contractors have an idea that it's out there. They have an idea of the general, what it's going to look like. Um, so I'm not sure if they'll go a two or three week, you know, closing date.
0: Um, I would say just a just single opinion here. It was awfully nice to have the pavement done in the fall before the winter happened with all the stuff that they went through to get to that point. So that would be my general comment with respect to starting end times on a Thanks Sure. Yeah, sure, it is okay. Any further comments on this matter? Thank you. Okay, next up is the uh, town hall accessibility, and this is CAO no, <laughs> director Modi. Please, just gonna bring up the, uh,
9: the agenda packages. We didn't have quite enough time to print off every single item. Never mind, I can do this. So it's a shorter three-freedom. Uh, so, the accessibility project. Um, town Hall accessibility project is one of the capital projects uh, for our 2023 20 program. Uh, the scope of the project for this year is to redo the door, the main doors, uh, entering the town hall of the main entrance at the, mm. the corner of 100 and 100. Um, That would replace both the exterior door and the interior door with new doors that are also uh, have activators so that you can push the button and the door will be open so that they're fully accessible. And the project also does some adjustments to the ramp leading to that door uh, so that it is meeting current standards in terms of width and uh, the design of the the railing that, uh, that is adjacent to that ramp. So that's the scope of the project. Uh, We did tender that project in early May. That project tender closed last week and we did not receive any bids. So at this point, uh, we are going to approach a couple of local companies to see if we can get a quote uh, specifically for the work and hopefully we'll be able to proceed on that basis. Uh, If we can't, then we'll have to reevaluate for next year, but we are hoping to to continue and to do this project this year because it is grant funded and that grant funding does have a timeline associated with it so we are eager to take advantage of those dollars that have been granted by the federal government um, and and then also spend the allocated capital dollars as well from town council so that
10: I can take any questions that you might have but Councilor Shannon you were mentioning that it was this year's um, project so do you have other plans for that like do you, do you have plans for being able to have future access up here to the, com- to the Council Chambers? Yes, yeah, so this
9: project initially started uh, with a, an intention of being able to facilitate accessible access into Council Chambers, uh, and we did work with an architectural firm to come up with the drawings that would allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we we did initially tender that whole project, and that project as a whole came back so massively overpriced for what we had hoped and anticipated that we realized we needed to break it down and take it in more piecemeal fashion in terms of being able to implement it. So then we started with the main doors. Uh, The next step in an ideal world will be to to address the community services doors to get people appropriately into that door. And then it will be to make our way up the stairs to the council level. So
10: it's a many step process, unfortunately. Maybe we could get one of those little things that you see on TV that go up the stairs, you know,
9: that you just <laughs> <see>. that, <laughs> that That is essentially what's in the design. Oh, okay. But when you oh, add okay. all of those components together, uh, and the it's interesting, one little detail all of a sudden creates a whole bunch oh, I mean, rip, I mean, of changes. I yeah, I remember going through it at the chamber office. I mean, yeah. There's a lot more to it than what I might think. Yeah, exactly. So there is a plan, there's architectural drawings that would facilitate the work, uh, but it's a question of funding and timing and and also finding a contractor willing to do the work. Others, Deputy Mayor.
6: Mine's a very, very oddball question, but um, if you're going to approach local businesses and contractors for quotes, will that be information that you would be providing to council of who those businesses are, or is that going to be redacted?
0: We don't approve it. No. You're asking, would we as council know that company A and company B have been approached? Yeah. Is that what you're asking?
6: So that does, yes. Would, would that come to council for approval or not?
0: It would not.
9: Uh or can feel free to chime in if I'm incorrect but so what we have done so far is we have gone through our standard public tendering process so we posted this project publicly on the bird person connection on our website we received no bids we are under the impression that there was a local company who was considering bidding but they didn't have all the information they needed by the deadline so we're hoping to reach out to them but in the meantime there are also a couple of other companies that we work with uh, on a regular basis for some smaller projects and it makes sense to try and maximize the number of quotes that we receive in hopes of getting the best price possible so it's just the, the companies that we deal with on a day-to-day basis not
6: well that totally answers my question because if, if i knew who a company was if it did come to council what it could mean whether i'm in the room or out of the room. so mm-hmm. no thank you for that answer i think
0: we've approved the budget and yeah the other details wanted to make sure okay any further questions on this one an elevator would be awfully nice i agree (laughs) okay the next one is the asphalt overlay and concrete replacement and ms holly as well yes so this is our standard
9: um, asphalt annual asphalt overlay and concrete replacement program so we put out a request for proposals that went out last week thursday for three years, so the intention This right now, this is just the engineering. Uh, so we're looking for an engineer to spearhead this for the next three years, uh, doing both our regular overlay program for asphalt, uh, identifying and uh, incorporating water breaks and any other patch placements that administration and public works have identified as being, needing to be done. Um, for both asphalt and concrete. And then also our annual trail maintenance, Uh, primarily the dike at this point is our our primary target. Uh, So we've put out the request for engineering and we are hoping to close that towards the end of the month and then evaluate and award that work and then move that forward. And because we're doing a three-year program, this time around, we'll be able to initiate that work earlier in the spring for years two and three so that we can get that uh, overlay work done earlier in the season as well. So that is where it's at. Um, in terms of the annual overlay, we have identified specific areas of town for the overlay. So we're here we're targeting roads where the road is not in great condition, but the underlying uh, pipe infrastructure, water and sanitary is in respectable condition and we don't anticipate having to go in and do a neighborhood infrastructure renewal type project in the, the lifespan of that asphalt. Um, so as of right now, what's in the tender or the proposal documents would be a portion of 91st Street in Lower West Peace for this year. And then moving over to the road that is just north of the EQB site, um, for next year. Right now, the construction school is, is carrying up that road pretty substantially. So we know that when the construction project is done, that road will not be uh, very good. And that is the primary access road for the neighborhood up uh, in that Northeast corner of town. And then we'd head back down to Lower West Peace to complete the rest of 91st Street in uh, year three of the program. Uh, The program also has uh, two deletable items that I just highlight for Council. Uh, The first is to do a trail evaluation so that we can take a more systematic approach to trail maintenance on the north dike, uh, sorry, the east dike, so that we're just asking for an evaluation of of the dike system um, on the east side of the river. Strain to that area. And the, the other deletable item is the cost towards engineering the improvement of the very far end of 91st Street Lower West Piece. There's a small segment cul de sac at the very far south end that is still a gravel standard, doesn't have curve or asphalt. So we're asking for the pricing for that because we could consider when we go in to do the overlay on 91st Street, that is probably the lowest cost that it would be to do a local improvement in that area. So we want to figure out what that um, engineering would be so that we can provide that information and perhaps move that forward with the residents of that
0: area. So with respect to uh, the north side where the new uh, Franklin School is going, Um, the town and town residents paying for all of that?
9: To my understanding, it is the province's perspective that the municipality is Mm -hmm. responsible for ensuring that all of the necessary infrastructure is in place Mm -hmm. adjacent to school sites. We can't argue that it was there Mm -hmm. before? We can certainly try, and having this RFP go doesn't preclude us from doing that, but we have identified it as a a road that does need, it will need the the upgrade.
0: So, um, these projects are all subject to a local improvement levy, no?
9: No, our practice has been that local improvements are put in place where we are raising the, the level of service of a piece of infrastructure, so we're going from a gravel standard, to an asphalt standard, in this case, we are maintaining the level of service. Mm-hmm. So this is just a part of our standard uh, maintenance cycle. So that would apply to the south end of Lower West piece, but not these overlay kind of ones. That's right. So that's why we're figuring. That's why that's a deletable item because we may or may not proceed with that. It would depend on a local improvement. But the rest right. of 91st Street is simply as maintaining the asset to the level of service that it was originally turned over to the Town Act. I'm
0: thinking differently about
6: that, but any other questions? Yeah, two questions. Um, So you use the word uh, uh, maintenance when you're talking about sidewalks and everything. So does this have anything to do with the trip hazards and the grinding program that we have on our sidewalks within Town?
9: Uh, yes and no. Uh, that specifically was a program done through Safe Sidewalks. Uh, I don't believe that that's in this year's program, uh, but there are there is concrete dollars specifically allocated to this where we will be working on improvements to specific sites okay, yeah, within the I, sidewalk network. Yeah, because I know yeah. I
6: reported one three years ago yeah. and it hasn't been dealt with yet, but I'll talk to you later about that. And uh, my last question would be, uh, Lower West Peace boat launch. That uh, approach that was basically destroyed by the construction. Of, have we talked to them or dealt with
9: that yet? Uh, we followed up with Alberta Transportation just last week about that specific question, and I'm waiting on a response from them at this point.
0: Any other questions, councillor
4: um, the That patch in Lower West Peace, uh, I think it's 91st Street, isn't it? Yeah. Um, why has that one not been patched in three and a half years, yet the one at the bottom of the hill was patched the same year as it was dug?
9: can't speak exactly to the, all the where's and why's, but uh, primarily because we knew that we were intending to do an overlay of That road. So we held off because we didn't want to patch an area that we were then going to go and do the road in its entirety.
4: Yeah. Um, will they be asphalting the where the path was asphalted on this side where the footbridge is? Are they going to be carrying the asphalt over top of that as well? Is that is that part of the bridge construction? Is-
9: That's part of the Alberta Transportation Project, and we do expect it to happen this year. Okay. Thank you.
0: Other questions for the discussion? Well, thank you, group. For- Getting all out in order. <laughs> uh would a uh, counselor like to move that council accept the reading notes for um section eight two a through two d regarding the 2023 capital projects? How about counselor carr? Sure, I can get that. Counselor carr will do that. All those in favor? It is carried. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, next up, we have um, the business grants policy development and this again. All
9: right. So before you is a draft business grant program policy. Uh, so this is following up from what started in October of 2022 when council directed staff to undertake a business grant survey to understand the business community's interests in the town developing business grants. Uh, Based on the survey results that we presented to Council in December 2022, uh, we were to look at developing a policy that dealt with three different grant categories at that time, business revitalization grant, tourism enhancement grant, and a facade improvement grant. Uh, That was obviously subject to Council approving the budget that would support the grants, which did happen. The 2023 budget was approved with $50,000 for business grants. So we have prepared a draft policy. Uh, Rather than having three categories, we have simplified things and narrowed it down to just business revitalization grant and a tourism enhancement grant. The facade improvement component is within the business enhancement grant. So we haven't lost content. We've simply streamlined our, our naming of it. Um, So we have provided a draft for you, it is very much a draft, and after we have this discussion we will update the policy based on Council's direction, but we'll also take it to the Economic Development Committee for them to have a review and perhaps make some also some suggested tweaks, and we'll also be developing the application form and all of that uh, accompanying paperwork that may also give us moments of clarity where we'll make some adjustments to the policy to make sure that everything is working together appropriately. So it is not set in stone in terms of what we're providing, but we'd like you guys to provide some feedback, make sure that we're on the correct track. Um, So in particular, uh, we would like to ensure that we're on the right track when it comes to the principle of uh, first come first served, when it comes to both application review and granting of money. Uh, the applicability of each of the grants, uh, eligible expenses, the grant amounts, and anything else the council would like to give some feedback on. So I I would like to highlight some key uh, policy areas that I wanna make sure the council has turned your mind towards. Um, In particular, uh, if you go to page two of the policy, the draft policy, Under the first applicability section on point five or number five, um, we are not considering similar projects um, at the same city address if they've received funds within the next five years. Obviously, that's not going to be an issue right off the hop, but wanted to confirm that council is uh, thinking that it makes sense to not allow people to come back to the same well uh, numerous times over within a certain span of time and does five years feel correct? That's one question I wanted to highlight. Um, then on the same page, uh, page two right at the bottom, numbers 10 and 11. So applications shall be reviewed on a first come first serve basis on, based on the date of the complete application being submitted. And then grant funds shall be awarded on a first come first serve basis based on the application meeting the eligibility criteria until the grant budget is allocated. So wanted to make sure that, that that works or should we be doing something to refine
0: how we're allocating funds? So do you want comments right, right along right now? So maybe let's go back to the the first one, Jan, sure. which was, was that the first comment reserved question? Uh, the, the first one was five years. So towards the of okay, five years, yes. Yeah. Uh, chat about that, but do you, any concerns? Too long, too short, it's right?
8: Supposing somebody, oh sorry, I'll be a little bit more tiny over here. Um, supposing somebody was doing, like, somebody did a re, they, they received the grant for a façade improvement, and then maybe something happened, to, that building broke down, somebody purchased it and is doing something entirely different with it, Um, something of that regard. Um.
0: A similar project, okay. At the same
8: city, so that would that would qualify as a dissimilar project, and you'd probably be all right.
0: You probably would, although your question
9: also begs the question of what the pro what are the eligible projects? Yeah. Uh, right now, it's drafted in a way that I don't know that a new construction would actually be eligible.
8: That might have been a bad example. <laughs> the other one, I'm turning the bowling alley into a shooting range, and then the next person is turning it into. Uh, Gymnastics club would that be it? not a similar project?
9: Just and it, it, I think it has more to do with the improvements to the building okay. that are being made. Okay, yeah, I'm fine. Just fine, otherwise.
6: Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with that too. Um, the question I have because it's not really described in here is this: is this the same grant that, that CEO Miller and I spoke about? At the downtown business crime prevention. So let's say the business wanted to put up lighting and cameras because they're in a. I'll say a targeted area that they would. This is where it would qualify under that uh, revitalization.
9: Yes. So okay. if you get to this jumps ahead in terms of the, the bill the, uh the document, but. In terms of eligible improvement expenses, we've identified aesthetics access safety or. Security as the the eligible types of improvements. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Okay, then back to the first come, first served. Sounds good.
1: I have a bit of difficulty with the first come, first served. For my first, whoever gets in line for the tickets to the concert, the other person doesn't get to come to the concert. But everybody knows ahead of time when it's going to be, when the concert's going to be, when the applications are open, et cetera. The problem with first come, first serve, if you don't have criteria around what that means, <laughs> I'll put my application in today and tell you that if you, know, <laughs> you have in there, it's after a date chosen by administration. But date is 24 hours, time is what second, you know, and be reviewed, I don't really have a problem. You're first in, you get reviewed. But then it's, as long as you meet the criteria, if you're first in, you get the funding. But what happens if you have two projects? One that is, um, I'm, I'm trying to think of a scenario and I really can't, but let's say one is vastly superior to the other one is vastly superior will have a greater effect on the community. You could look at it in 10 different criteria, but they both meet the criteria and we're going to say yes to the first one, possibly precluding the second one, which could have a higher um, return for the community. So I just have difficulty with the, I don't have the review part, I don't have a problem with. I kind of have a problem with it. I'm not sure how how you get around it, or, what other criteria you can put in place, but I, I could just see it becoming problematic or something where you're going to have, well, that's really a dumb decision because, you know, whatever. And we're trying to avoid opportunities for that's a really dumb decision. I'm not sure if I'm being clear or what I'm saying. I hope I'm being somewhat clear.
0: So the review is separate than the uh actual awarding and also in here there's going to be a conversation about the amount which might play into what you were saying because maybe the amounts themselves will
1: uh determine whether somebody's totally out you might have five small things that have a better payback than one large thing i mean theoretically all these different circumstances but those aren't time-based so those, to my mind, those decisions aren't shouldn't be time based decisions. They should be otherwise based.
0: But it has to be realistic in terms of construction and stuff like that. So there is that element there too, right? Um, okay, so the uh, review is one question we heard here, and the award is the other question. Right? I just to
1: figure, I don't know where it it's in here. I know that in some areas where they've done sod programs. The there had to be I don't anything here about the person applying for it has to put an X amount of funding also like it's not a a grant it's a portion of the grant am I correct on that
9: That is the way it's structured right now. That's right.
1: That's the way it's structured
9: right now for all of the business revitalization grants. So anything that would be addressing building security. And also, if they were
1: doing things on buildings, where they were doing. Um, alterations to the building they had to bring forth like <clears throat> plans that were um engineered etc for and so on not not Billy Bob has a scratch pad with a picture yes okay
0: um deputy mayor then housing car
6: yeah two more questions um so 25 section 25 25.1 says an, an eligible business revitalization grant shall not be less than $5,000. Does that include, well, that 5,000 does it include installation, labor, and uh, the actual hardware as well? Some of that, let's say if a person puts in a, uh, uh, or let's say for the lighting and cameras as an example, it might fall under, it might fall under $5,000. So I'm just wondering is that, that number true to what it's in the policy? Or is that something that we can look at and my second question would be between the three between the three items is that fifty thousand divided up between the three so there's so much for business there's so much for facade and there's so much for for tourism
9: so right now the um, the amount is definitely one of the things i'm i'm wanting to make sure that council is on board in terms of costs um
0: the Sorry, had a moment.
2: So the intention is
9: that we are trying to encourage investment and make sure other people are bringing money to the the table as well. We're we're providing we're facilitating. So the the threshold amount. The intention is to try and ensure that the projects are sufficient and not in scope that we are we're really gaining something in terms of the investment that's being made to the property. Um, And I think also trying to realistically, every single application that we process and grant, we have to go through a process an administrative process. So by establishing a threshold, we're also going to limit the number of grants that we're going to give out because we're not giving out $500 grants, we're giving out $5,000 grants and that's going to eat through the budget more quickly um, which also limits the administrative effort that is required so we want to make sure that we do it well uh, but we also want to make sure that it's within our capacity so that's part of the idea around the threshold um and i feel like i'm not addressing at all the second question you asked can you is it possible for you to repeat it Council Ford?
6: yeah so the fifty thousand dollars in the mm-hmm. budget we listed three different yeah. Three different areas of application is that $50,000 being divided up equally between the three areas? So there's so much for this, yeah. there's so much for revitalization, and so much for tourism.
9: And the answer is right now, not at all. It's, okay. It is $50,000, and based on the principle of first come, first served, it depends on which applications come forward in what order. Good. Okay. Councilor card.
4: You said it was a shared cost, uh, the way it's written up, it's a shared cost. Is it a 50-50 shared cost, or what is it?
9: So right now, this is on the top of page four of the policy. Um, Right now, it's a 25%. So if someone is putting... Is wants to do a twenty thousand dollar project. That would mean that they're eligible for a five thousand dollar grant. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So, and that's again one of those numbers where if council doesn't feel like twenty five percent is the right number, I, we'd love to have that feedback <clears> so <throat> that we can
0: adjust it. Yeah. Councilor Shannon, <clears throat> what are some some of
10: the other um, matching numbers that other communities do? Do you know, like? Have you looked at any other ones? Are there any like
9: 50%, 30%, 10%? I, 25% is in there because it was one of the examples. Um, i have to go take a look to see a, a variety, but definitely 25%, that is what White Court does for, they, they call it a vitalization grant. It is more specific to facade improvements, but.
10: No need to check out just curious.
0: Yeah. So the 25% though applies both to the um, business revitalization type and the tourism type, right? No, it does not there. Okay. So there
9: they are different grants, but that is also part of the rationale for why the grant amount under the tourism is capped at a lower level. Because there we're not asking anybody to bring any money to the party. So, so it's, it's tourism, tourism is a grant. The business is a help health cause, but not all of it. But not we're not. Doing a hundred percent, but we're also—I mean—tourism. Two thousand dollars will get you a little bit. Five thousand dollars will get you a little bit further, but five thousand dollars is the maximum grant with the way the project or the
0: policy is written today. Okay, I noticed uh, we're jumping here a bit, but twenty-eight talks about the construction process and that all projects approved for the business revitalization grant must be completed within a maximum of six months for completion from the time of approval of notification. So if somebody gets approved in November, they're expected to have everything done by May. That kind of way.
9: Yes, it would be. That being said, there is the next um, the next policy right underneath it on the next page does give us the flexibility to provide a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. Some of which could certainly be because the weather prohibited that um, that project from going forward in that time span.
0: Okay, and this applies to any business um, or yeah, any business within the town of Peace River, not just downtown area, right?
9: That's the way it's written
0: right now. If Council would like us to draw
9: some lines on some maps to narrow it down, that is possible.
0: Um, I was just observing that. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, um, any uh, further, Ms. Modi, that you were wanting us to converse about? Um, Yes, I wanted to just really heading
9: down now to the actual business revitalization grant section. So starting at 23, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to highlight right now that in terms of what its improvement expenses for business uh, expansion or revitalization so this is not about and we already said it but i just want to highlight it again this isn't about a new building or a new business coming to an empty lot this is about you know, enhancing the building stock that we have today that's the way it's drafted right now um, and then in terms of what's eligible i guess so aesthetics those sound improvements access that could be things like doors with activators, just like we're trying to do here. Um, safety more security related to the building on the site. Uh, we've talked about the amounts, so 5,000 to 25,000. So if somebody comes in with a big project, if we have the first two that we approve, that could mean that we're doing, we're granting two businesses $25,000, and that's, that is the program for the year. But we're also, asking them to bring $150,000 worth of improvements to there as well. So,
1: so I guess skin in the game.
9: Yeah, exactly. They do have skin in the game as well, and, and more than we do. We are facilitating, but they are they are still putting a lot up as well. So, And that has pros and cons, obviously. Only a few projects. Significantly less onerous on administrative burden, so we can work on other priorities there. <laughs> pros and cons to that. Um, I
0: also, so that was kind of the things I really wanted to highlight. Or... No, oh, um, Ms. Moni, uh, on that, um, $25,000 amount, any thoughts on that So, like she says, it, it could be, uh, two businesses, $25,000 done, done deal, hopefully got their applications in first off. Somebody gets 25000 and the next one comes in at 5000
1: it means there's only so much money left in the budget for whatever, so, yeah. I was gonna say, one of the things that gives me comfort what, what you brought to us, this is this is our first sort of foray into this area. <clears throat> it, the next policy, three years, five years from now, could change, modify, depending on what we see and what's coming. But I think this is a, a real step in the right direction of a community partnering with its business. I think it's not just all on you. We're here to do what we can. Course, we can't give everything to everybody that we'd like to, but we can give this, and that's what we're doing. So I'm really comfortable with what you've done here and the work you've put into it. So I thank you for that. I'm looking forward to it. So I've, I've got a question on 8.5 versus uh, number
0: 15. So 8.5, the town reserves the right to determine the applicant participation in the business grant grant program on a case-by-case basis. So the town is doing that, but are the applications going to the town or are they going to the Economic Development Committee? Because then on 15, completed applications shall be submitted to the Economic Development Committee for review and final approval or rejection. so nice.
9: Fair, and as I said, it's a draft, and yeah. there were some moments where I mm-hmm. was pulling my hair out, trying to make sure everything was consistent, and I feel like that's a good flag. Um, the intention is Economic Development Committee, which I guess is another thing I would like to make sure Council is very aware of, that we'd we'll be bringing these to the EDC per, for their decision, ultimately. Uh, if it's first come, first serve, the decision will really be we have all the necessary information, is this eligible under the grant, are the expenses that they're proposing applicable? And if those things are, the answers are yes, then the grant it would proceed. Uh, but it is <laughs> me making those determinations, and that's not coming forward to council. So I would like to make sure council is kosher
0: with that particular direction. So in number eight, like eight point three, uh, work commands prior to town approval. The town approval is really. The committee approval on behalf of town council is kind of the way it's yes to be read. And so, eight ten, the committee may impose conditions it thinks appropriate for the granting of funds. Um, Kind of what scenario would that
9: be? Eight ten. To be honest, I don't have a specific scenario in mind. Some of this language is just based on other examples of other policies providing us with a bit of flexibility for the unforeseen circumstance, so that we have, we've granted ourselves the authority to make sure that if we know there's a circumstance where something isn't quite right, we still have an out to say no, at this moment, no, for this good reason.
0: I I guess what I would like to see in maybe the municipal control aspect is a little more um, clarity as to If it's the committee that's actually in charge of the approval or not approval, you know, that's fine fine sort of thing, but say it because if I read town there, I'm thinking, well, town council must be
5: looking at this doing something. Sorry, CAO. I think it would be easy to resolve that by just putting under 15 in brackets on behalf of the town, even. Yeah, so you'll have to go back to
0: municipal control and figure out a few things there too, maybe. Because yes, anyway, oh, sorry Counselor
1: Good. Okay. Oh, oh, I, I think our municipal control is studying the policy. And I'm percent fine with the economic development committee being the kind of the control or the the People who are going to assess projects. Um, because one, they're dealing with them on a day-to-day basis on the business end. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm really comfortable with that. And the other thing is, those decisions that are made by that committee, and they are again not based on anything that same reason I don't like, I, I really, I've really always been against any organization where the final sale and bids is like when that comes to council, is because. And they become political and not objective. And the one thing about having the economic, economic development committee is that's been a, a group that was approved by council. We've recognized the people who are part of us, like a library board, they bring their people to us. We, that's where we have our chance to stay with them. So I'm, I'm really comfortable with that. And, and I think it's a better policy to have the economic development committee as the as the control and our control is
6: how we design the process yeah, yeah my uh, question is actually for councillor shannon and that is how many people are on the edc committee <coughs> seven right okay yeah because my concern is is there is uh is business members from the town that are on that edc so, what if they apply for for the grant? Are they they would be exempt in any decisions? Yes. Yeah. If they're on that EDC board, I would assume. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exempt from decisions?
10: Exempt from decisions or exempt from applying?
6: No, yeah. ex- exempt from the decision because they would if you any interest to that business owner and being on the board. Yeah.
0: Okay. I did have another comment about uh, 33 application requirements uh, 33 1.3 detailed cost estimates a minimum of two quotes from two separate and third party vendors or contractors must be provided for any capital costs so does that mean you couldn't do your own work like if you were the person um I think in this case so this
9: is under the tourism enhancement act. Yes. So the way I see this, perhaps capital items. Yeah. Let's hope that someone will apply to do some sort of kayaking business on the river, and the capital items would be the, the, the kayaks themselves. Yeah. Gotcha. yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you. But any further comment, uh, Councillor Boycho?
3: Um. Yeah, I love this thing here, but uh, I do have some concerns with the first come, first serve. You know, uh, but it is, uh, is there quite a bit of interest in this and what happens, what are we going to do if we we don't spend all the money? Are we going to roll that over and it's going to be 30, you know, an extra money? Or are we just going to cap it at 50 grand every year? And if you know, we only spend 10 every year, how, how are we going to work those things?
9: Um, So in terms of interest, I definitely have spoken to some building owners who are aware and are looking forward to it. I don't know what that's going to translate to in terms of applications. Um, I do know I was talking when I talked to the town of Whiteport uh, with their similar program. uh, They were oversubscribed for the first number of years and then eventually they are not massively undersubscribed at this point, but it's less of a rush and um, I think people are still taking advantage of it, but not with the same degree of, of enthusiasm as before, although it's still a very successful program in white Court. I think it sounds like it's not. Um, but in terms of what happens with the extra budget, I would assume um, that we would do what we normally do with any budget that's not expended,
0: which is that it gets rolled into our reserves.
9: Yeah.
0: And <laughs> Yes. So it so, starts at zero and would be another fifty thousand the next year. Okay.
3: Yeah, and uh, So that each the minimum of projects to be is forty thousand dollars, right? Because if they're when, if they have to match
9: 20,
3: Money, okay, sorry. Yeah, okay. That was taken like, that. Okay,
0: so twenty thousand Any other comments at this point so do you want to review the, the process, this will then go to the Economic Development Committee with our comments, or they start their own and then you put them together?
9: Um, well, I don't know that there have been a lot of significant changes to the direction. Um, based on this conversation, I guess we'll definitely talk to the EDC about first come first serve, and if it's not that, then what, uh, in terms of how we would evaluate them. But beyond that, I think we'll tweak it, bring it to the economic development committee, also work on the processes that surround it, because I think that will lend itself to probably tweaking some of the language as well. Uh, And then we bring that back to council, and if we've gotten it correct, then it would be for council ready to approve. Uh, And then we can proceed to uh, setting up that intake date and uh, start advertising that so that the business community is aware. I, I do want to highlight before I go, um, on, we haven't really talked as much about the Tourism Enhancement Grant. So I just wanted to turn Council's attention in particular to what applies here. So any individual or business located within a town that is developing a new tourism-based product or experience or expanding um, or improving an existing tourism-based product or experience. So we're still talking about people doing something new and different. It's not about maintaining current offerings that are already within the town um and yes there is no matching here but the grant amounts are less so we're not we're not asking them to bring they don't have financial skin in the game per se they don't they're not required to but it's not we're not granting as much money i just want to make sure council was very clear on that i can take any other questions or otherwise i'm going to go forward
3: uh, when was the opening date on this, and how were you planning to communicate this to all the business property owners? Because some of them do not live in town, right? So somebody may, how are we going to communicate that to somebody who maybe lives in Texas that may want to take advantage of
2: redoing their building?
9: Right. Uh We don't have the date set yet because we need to work this through. I, my goal would be to take this, well, EBC is, I believe, next week. Tuesday. Thursday there oh okay Thursday. um so the goal would be to bring it to them then and then after we finalize and bring it back to council so ideally probably be the second council meeting of this month would be what we're aiming for to bring it back and then the once it's official then we set a date we want to give a bit of time um because we do want to contact those property owners as well so that would probably we haven't really talked about if we're going to do a bailout. Um, we've definitely been working with the chamber and advertising through our our local um, social media channels, but we may want to try and target some of the building owners that we know are not local as well.
3: And is it going to be first come, first serve until it's gone? Yes. Okay.
9: Or until the end of the year and that budget gets yeah, so rolled in. If, if I don't get
3: good. an application in when you first open it up, that kind of project, and there's still money left up, okay.
0: Yes. Okay, hey, I need to think further on this one. Okay, would someone be prepared to put forth a motion?
6: Deputy Mayor? Yeah, no, I'll put a motion on the board to accept the report for information.
3: And, uh, Is that what you're looking for? Well,
0: uh, a, yeah, a little more direction. Yeah. There we go. Can I bring up an afterthought that's just percolating? We haven't got to quite the full motion yet, I guess. On okay.
1: the tourism one, um, the, the statement was made that it's not for you, it's when you're bringing something new to the town, right? But I'm not thinking of a situation where, you know, it's percolating in my head that if a person was able to it was tourism-based and they were going to be doing something that was going to allow them to handle twice the amount of tourists or invite twice the amount of tourists or bring twice the amount of tourism, even though the concept was similar to what it already was, but there were things put in that were going to make it um, bigger, better, faster, you know, the whole thing. Why, why would we say no to that? If you could, if a person could demonstrate that as it is, let's assume the kayak idea. I have an existing kayaking business. I can handle 10 people. I'm getting fully subscribed to those 10. I can get somewhere so ready, like 20, something
0: along with that and bring twice would 29.1 speak to that. Does expanding or
1: improving an existing tourism-based product or experience that? Well, but campaign. your statement earlier was that it can't be doing what is already here. So that's where I was Maintain. I,
9: I think I perhaps glossed over the language around expanding. I, I think I would say that your question, your your scenario
1: is covered within what's applicable. That's why that Okay, good. Just let that that what you said kind of but
6: okay thanks yeah hear. yeah i would uh, like to change my motion and put a motion on the floor to that council directs administration to bring the draft business grants policy to the economic development committee for feedback and then return such policy to a future meeting for further discussion
0: okay any further discussion motion all those in favor It is carried. Thank you, Ms. Moore. Okay, next up we have sponsorship requests versus
5: grants to organizations, CAO Miller. Thank you, Misha. Okay, the intention of this briefing note is to provide some clarity to council between sponsorships and grants to organizations. Um, So sponsorships are funds that are managed by administration, are typically budgeted within the communications function, and are specifically specifically in that function under advertising. So sponsorships um, are usually a bit larger scale. They often will be um, labeled packages like platinum, gold, silver, bronze, so different levels of sponsorship based on the commitment, financial commitment. And you get with those sponsorships, you, you get expanded um, advertising and a few other things that come with it. Sometimes you get tickets to the event. And what we look at administration wise is those are larger scale um, and opportunities. They may not be within our community, but there are opportunities for us to showcase and, and advertise our community versus the grants to organizations. And that's a policy of council where the grants are for non-profit community groups and teams uh, or organizations and primarily for community development within um, our community and those things are applied for those grants are applied for and then council considers and they're awarded by council so that's really the difference between the two um, programs and how the funds are determined on how they get spent, and why one is pretty much managed by um, administration because it's largely advertising, and the other is managed by council because it's community support. If that, I hope, helps answer some questions. Um, Any questions on that
0: matter? so um the advertising budget would be
5: approximately or i'm going to say it's well over a hundred thousand i believe because it encompasses all of our advertising for everything and i guess the other one of the other questions would come up
0: how would council know that the town has uh, sponsored something
5: how would we well, I would think we've probably in our communications package. I'm not sure if we've actually done something since I've been here, but we would make notice or a briefing note or in our comms package, so you
10: would be aware. Thanks. Uh counselor Shannon. What was uh could you give us an example of something that would come out of this hundred thousand dollar budget? Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh,
5: oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, uh, sponsorship. Even we did uh, silent auction items. So there was something for the Ski Hills. Recent event was put on the silent auction table. Um, I believe if there was something, I'm just trying to think of a sponsorship. Like for example, uh, economic development. If they asked us to be a sponsor at their big Alberta and Alberta event. Um, that might not be a great example nothing's popping at my head right now okay. uh when it's gold gold silver and bronze um, kind of events
0: Pond hockey
5: yes We're that would be racco- but i believe that we did that one we did do some of that through sponsorship and then we did some um Wait, through in kind i believe as well because yeah. we gave them some equipment i believe so they think they got some in kind and or is that the air show nope I'm right <laughs> together yeah so we did do sponsorship and I think we were a brown sponsor at mm-hmm. that event so we got extended um advertising for that event.
10: I just want to mention I bought the town basket at this time auction. <laughs> Very
7: good.
10: I hope you spent a lot I hope you spent a lot <laughs> it
0: was-
5: purchased with a lot of thought and love behind it
0: okay so is everybody kind of uh clear on this discussion okay and if somebody comes across some something that uh, uh they think the town should sponsor they would bring it through um council agenda how would they how should we do that
5: if you if you're aware of something, just send it forward to myself or to Kayla and we'll make sure it gets addressed and considered for sponsorship.
0: Okay. Okay. Um would someone be prepared to put forth a motion on this matter? Where does it Scammerhorn? Yeah, uh, I
8: will um, move the council accept the briefing note regarding sponsorship
0: requests versus grant to organizations for information. Thank you. All those in favor of that motion? It is carried. Next item is um enabling motion against CAO Million.
5: Thank you, worship. So, as Council's aware, I'm working on revising and bringing forward a new remuneration policy mm-hmm. for consideration. And as I'm working on it, I did do a deep dive into our current policy and I realized that. Um, We've been bringing forward quite a few enabling motions that really are not necessary because the current policy um you know implies that certain types of events such as um, graduation ceremonies or when the mayor gets invited to give uh, some greetings at a particular event um, those are just covered under the policy and so we realized we're spending quite a bit of time you know preparing uh Request for decision for enabling motions and then putting them on the agenda and council discussing them. So, the intention was, unless there's a significant opposition from council, whenever uh, we have a greetings invitation or something that would be deemed to, to be standard mayoral duties or um, such, that we're not going to bring an enabling motion forward anymore. Um, and so, unless it's something odd and unusual. And then, naturally, um, currently, anything under 5.6 does require an enabling motion, and those will continue to come forward. So anything for conferences, seminars, courses, et cetera. But when it's just, can you please come and have the mayor give some greetings, because it's graduation or it's a special ceremony. We weren't planning on bringing this morning, but-
0: Thank you any uh discussion Deputy mayor
6: so my understanding is you're looking for a motion just to sec- accept this report for information and as far as business moving forward nothing will change until the new policy for remuneration comes out end of june end of july
5: i'm accepting this for information and in that is my intention not to bring in enabling motions forward for things such as the mayor attending a graduation ceremony or giving greetings um, to an event hmm. which is standard so those kinds of events are normal duties for council and it really shouldn't require an enabling motion to be quite frank this is the first place that i've been engaged in that i've seen such things come forward And from day one i'm like why are we bringing forward a motion for the mayor to attend greetings at the local christmas concert or whatever it makes no sense and it is administrative time and it's council's time so that's what i was bringing forward it's my intention not to bring those forward unless there's objection well
6: no disagreement but um i would like to see this come forward in the new remuneration policy and when is that policy coming forward? End of June, end of July.
5: Do not till the end of July.
6: But I do my <laughs> okay. So we're only we're only talking two timesheets. So why why make a change midstream when you're going to bring it forward here in, in in two
0: months anyway? So, deputy mayor, you're saying continue to bring enabling motions like that forward until such
6: time as the. Uh, until such time as the uh, new policy comes forward where everything can get, get debated properly at that time when we see the whole policy. Because you look at the next agenda item, it's, it's, we're talking about the same policy again. My thoughts.
0: Great. Hey, Councilor Shannon.
10: I, I agree. It seems to be a lot of rule changing mid game here. Um, you know, if we're going to be having this, you're right, two timesheets. I mean, I, I don't see the point of, of changing it now when that's going to come forward. I, I would say keep on with the enabling motions as they go, as we are doing now until, because that policy will solve a lot of our problems, such as enabling motions, but like changing a big game before we, that's that's just my point. That's it. Okay. Thank you. Councillor
1: Good. I think, if I, if I understand correctly, the policy exists. The one that brought to us, it exists. It's not being followed. And so what, what we're asking for, to some extent, what I'm hearing people ask for is an extension to not following the policy that exists. Where what you're trying to bring to us, if I'm correct, I'm not taking a side on the issue because I agree it should be brought back. We should have a big discussion on the remuneration policy. That's not, that's not a problem question or whatever. But I have difficulty agreeing by motion to disregard a policy that exists because what you're doing is you're effectively doing the same thing as saying we're going to vote against our own bylaws In a procedural Case, it doesn't make any sense at all we should be following this policy up until the point that the new policy is brought in and argued and discussed argued whatever terminology you want to use am I am I misunderstanding this or is that basically what we're looking at um, Ms. Parsons in in my opinion yes counselor did summarize that we just
7: noticed that the policy hasn't a- been being followed and so we've kind of continued for the short time that Clark's been here with the practice that you guys have been undergoing but I think I've received I want to go with maybe five emails over the past two weeks from the mayor saying can we get an enabling motion for this can we get an enabling motion for this and I have just said why are we doing all these enabling motions when she should just be able to attend and over half of them were they're going to be passed the mayor's already gonna have to have gone to them because the events already happened. And I don't think it would be appropriate to have her not go to the event, you know, like a graduation ceremony or the, I can't remember what the other one is, um, the powwow um, was one of them, you know, where she's already gone. It was appropriate for her to go. And now we have a retroactive motion for her to attend this event. It just doesn't make sense. And it doesn't follow our current policy. So we were just looking to follow the policy. Um, as
0: it's written now. Yep. Mayor.
6: So I will have some comments to that, but can we tie the next item into this discussion because it is the same policy? Because I will have some comments on the next item.
0: Well, this is one topic in
6: the next item, yeah. so is it the same discussion or is it different? It's the same and it is different. Let, let me just put it to you this way i had i read this last week when it came out i read it again today like three times over and this concerns me so i have reached out to my own lawyers and the advice that i'm getting is totally different than what's being sent to us here on, on these reports so i do, i do have some concerns but i would like to see it come out in the policy first and then debate it, and then move on from there. I don't see. I don't see the reason of of changing midstream when we've been doing this, for I don't know. However, the last many years, so why change it now when we can change it to when the policy comes out for debate?
0: Okay, Councillor Carr.
6: I think the reason
4: that they're asking this is because we haven't followed the policy, and we need to follow the policy, is 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 the reason. Is that not correct? Okay. And uh, so I, I don't know why we would, we would even have to really make a decision on this. If we're not follow this, following the policy,
5: we're bound by that policy. Are we not? Correct. Uh, Your Worship, to Your Worship, correct. It really is, was a briefing note, and, and I didn't want, I don't want to cause any, um, upset and and really it was just it's just simply saying we weren't going to bring the enabling motions like like was mentioned because half the time it's already after the fact half the time it's the very simple the regular we know that the mayor's attendance would be expected anything in the next two months that were odd and unusual and out of sorts we would bring forward but I, again, we'd like to follow the policy, but I don't want to cause any more anxiety and upset over something um, such as simple. And so if that's going to be the case, we will continue moving forward. But we were simply trying to follow the policy, simplify things, make thanks yeah. practice. Yeah,
6: yeah I, tol- I totally agree. I think the mayor should be... I'm like I say, I'm just stating an opinion. But my question would be then, okay, let's just use Canada Day as as an example because we know the mayor is going to attend Canada Day and she's going to bring greetings on behalf of the town. Does that event last for six hours or does the, the, uh, what's the word, the enabling, let's say you're not bringing an enabling motion, is that just for the speech or is that pretending the whole day event? Well, if, if, I may, if you thinking. see
5: where I'm coming from, when yeah, i If I may, I, I mean, I've seen a number of enabling motions here and I've never once yet seen where the enabling motion was for 15 minutes for a speech or something. So the example is a little bit confusing to me okay. because the enabling motions are usually just to enable to attend to provide greetings is how the enabling motions typically go. So I'm a little bit confused.
1: Okay, no, I'm fine with that then. Counselor. Counselor. If, if I'm correct, again, it says here the proposed is to accept for information. You're advising us mm-hmm. that you're going, that it's your job as administration, if we're not following policy, to bring to us that we're not following policy. That's, it. That's part of your, your job. It's our job to follow policy, especially once we're advised that we're not following policy. So I think to accept for information is just acknowledging that, at which point, end of July, we have that. No big deal. To me, this is really simple. You're giving us notice that we weren't following policy. Thank you very much. And I really do appreciate you advising us of that. Because in any other area, if we weren't following policy, I would hope you would bring that to our attention.
0: Okay, and all I'll say is that uh, within the past uh, councils, that's the enabling business has been the way things were supposed to have been done on here. So, oh my God, it's, forever. It's misinterpreting the policy, now we know, and I'm thinking it'll be very clear. the next version of this policy Uh,
8: maybe perhaps to clarify things for you i think one one of the reasons why enabling motions were were done were also to provide uh, a a way of council kind of verbalizing support for events and for organizations and that kind of thing Um, so when we were invited for something or to go to something or or to be a part of something an motion was our way of bringing it to the attention of the public. This is something that we are up to. This is something that we back. We we appreciate this is going on, so we're going to attend. They weren't really. I don't think they, they were generally meant to be brought forward as like, is this that. yeah? <laughs> is, is this is this a, is it is it worth it for us to go here? Is it you know like are we spending too much doing this? It's like this is we we affirm that this is a good thing, and council is as you know is supporting this organization for putting on the powwow um, a fundraiser barbecue for a charity like the golf tournament for victim services which is a very good organization and you know, things like that so it was just that was one of the reasons why enabling motions were
1: were done it
8: wasn't as you say a
1: permission slip I you, and something, much, can put into the, something can be put into the policy coming that wherever an event is coming up it will be brought to council that council is attending these sort of things to have that done i mean we can write a policy that works for everybody here i mean that's hopefully what we're we're, we're looking for doing is putting together a remuneration policy etc covering what all the items in here that everybody walks away at the end of the day and says yeah I, i'm good with that let's go forward okay okay w.
0: mayor one last comment
6: well, I kind of agree with uh, the discussion around the table so I'll put a motion on the floor that uh, council accept the briefing note regarding enabling motions for information
0: okay, thank you um any further discussion <laughs> all those in favor we're, we're really looking forward to this policy revision me. <laughs> maybe me most of all but um The next one we have council timesheets and again CAO Miller.
5: Thank you, Risha. So as outlined in the briefing note, uh, we recently really identified that there's been some inconsistencies in the way that counselors are completing their timesheets, specifically relating to charging or not charging for attending events. Some members of council have chosen to put the time or make note that they've attended an event on their timesheet, but are marking it no charge. So, naturally, administration, we discourage that practice as it goes against council remuneration policy number P1166-A for anybody who's online or listening, and does not appropriately reflect the cost of Peace Rivers' elected officials conducting town business when um, engaging in that practice. So since the practice is an exemption to the policy, approval of the timesheets is deferred to the mayor as per article 5.7 of the policy. And um, so then subsequent to the mayor's review, there was um, up to the mayor to ensure compliance, the timesheets has been changed and the payment was authorized or payment or attending an event was authorized for payment. And um, by doing so, it raised some questions amongst yourselves with some of the counselors. So the questions were raised and it prompted administration to seek legal advice on this subject. And the questions I would post forward were: one, does the mayor have the authority to amend timesheets to include the excluded charges without the counselor's signature? Number two, what section of the policy says that the councillor is to be re- is to be reimbursed for those events? And number three, if the councillor still doesn't want to charge for the event, what is their options? So we did um, contact Reynolds, Smith, Richards, and Farmer, who, for those of you who are unaware, they are one of the top um, municipal legal firms in the province, one of a couple and the um, response we received back from legal as stated within the briefing says that the mayor does have the authority to amend an expense claim to the extent that the mayor finds it was not in accordance with the policy in essence the mayor did not approve the exception to the policy as that power is given to her in section 5.7 under the second question what section of the policy says they're supposed to be reimbursed the response was the policy is worded in a way that compensation must be paid to members of council for attending events that are captured under and within section 5.1. And then finally, it was recommended that if council, should a councillor um, not want to be compensated for an event that's listed under the policy, then um it's in the councillor's power to donate the money back to the town. The town can give a charitable donation receipt. And then the council is whole. The councillor is whole and the town is whole. And um and again, as mentioned, I'm working to revise a new policy, which I hope will satisfy all the council and you know, ease some of these anxieties and concerns. But that is the legal opinion at this point in time. and
0: So I'm going to um, start by saying that I did change um, two, I think, by um, putting in dollar values where there were no dollar values, despite the person having attended the um. Uh, whatever it was, the workshop or seminar. Um, and it puts, I feel like I'm in a conundrum here. Um, on one side, I'm supposed to be following the policy as we've just had a big discussion. Apparently, we're not all following that one. Um, anyways, um, so I feel I have to follow the policy. And I think we had a discussion in earlier this year, and I thought it was... Um, Concluded at that point in time that if people uh, put things on their expense claim then they were going to be paid for them and especially if they were uh, Enabled to attend those things then they should be paid for them. However um, Apparently we're still not in total agreement. So Discussion
10: counselors Councillor Shannon Okay, that was my timesheet. That's the topic of this point. So I've been advised just to read a prepared statement. So the timesheet in question was mine regarding an event that lasted for seven hours. While the nature of the event leaned more towards being social rather than strictly business related, I felt compelled on principle not to charge the taxpaying residents of Peace River a rate of $42 an hour for this particular occasion. In good conscience, and considering the public servant aspect of my role, I could not justify claiming the time for an event of this nature. Regrettably, Mayor Manzer, without a courtesy call or prior discussion, decided to tamper with my signed time sheet, proceeded to compensate me for the time spent at the event. I had clearly indicated on the time sheet that there is no charge, and my wishes were disregarded. So one of the many other timesheets that are already been submitted by myself and other comes first. Are we going to go, be prepared to go back and change every single one of them? The rules keep changing intermittently. The policy in place regarding the matter appears used to be very, very vague. I want to point out the letter from the lawyer that that CIO Miller got. In our review, the mayor has the authority to amend. Well, the people I spoke to have the exact same wording. In our view, we think it's wrong because the policy is so vague that this can be interpreted, interpreted many ways. So it can, can be interpreted like that. Or, in their opinion, and that was two, however, it was one and one lawyer, it could also be interpreted from my point of view because it says clearly, in our view, it's not saying he's right or wrong, it's saying in his view, that's what he's seeing. And in my view, and my advisor's view, we're saying something different on this policy that is very vague. So I'll continue, allowing for various interpretations. I firmly believe that we are in fully compliant, or we are fully compliant by making individual decisions on what we deem appropriate to charge and to accept. As stewards of the taxpayer's dollar, we should have the freedom to exercise that choice. I would like to emphasize that this is not a, the first instance where a counselor has opted not to accept payment for an event. However, this matter only became problematic when we voted to put our timesheets online. It appears that the perceived rules change following that decision. Those who to charge for their time have every right to do so, but it is equally important that those of us who hold a different perspective should not be penalized for making an alternative choice. I wanna be crystal clear in stating that I am not suggesting that we are not fairly, that we are not supposed to be fairly compensated for our time when engaging in activities that warrant it. However, I also believe it's essential to exercise discretion and align with our actions and values that we hold. I also have advice from the lawyers who disagreed with the decision made by Mayor Mann in altering my timesheets. Mayor Mann, I'm sorry, Mayor Mann, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It seems uh, counterproductive for me to escalate this issue further by involving additional legal professionals, which I'm entitled to do. And recurring additional expenses for our town. We have more pressing issues to spend our time on than this, and our town does not have a lot of money in closing. I'm willing to accept this letter outlining the decision, based because I don't want to to uh, have this escalate. However, until a new numeration is passed, new numeration, remuneration policy is passed, I will continue to complete my time sheets in accordance with my conscience. I hope that we can come to a resolution that respects both the concerns of the individual council members and the best interests of the taxpayers we serve thank you that's all i have to say this time any other discussion
6: so as stated earlier this is this is the part that really concerns me um i know i already had meetings with cao miller when was it last, last fall or a little while ago, but anyway. Um, this is the reason why I reached out to uh out to my lawyers today, because I do I do have a concern with it. And the one of the concerns I have is on 4.2 and it reads for all members of council, monthly remuneration shall include payment for the following. And it lists 4.2.1.2.3.4.5. So that's all based, that's all on based on interpretation. So, the other thing that I'm going to mention is nowhere in this policy does it say that I have to submit a certain hours on a timesheet for a certain event. Being enabled or having enabled in motion allows me to charge the time if I choose to do so. Other counselors may, some counselors may not, but those are the recommendations. Those are the recommendations coming from. from my legal counsel. And just for clarification, with with this, uh, with the letter that you uh you shared with us, CAO Miller, is this just the interpretation of the town's legal counsel, or did you, you reach out to anybody else?
5: So Reynolds Smith is not our normal town legal. We're transitioning over to them because they have more municipal experience, okay. and so that's who I went to. Okay, because I know just in past experience, um, dealing
6: with, uh, and I'm sure Mayor Manzer can uh, elaborate, agree with me on this, that we've we've had um, interpretations come from lawyers in the last number of years that ended up not being correct. So I, I will take this report with a very, very grain of salt um but um i will follow my legal counsel's advice on on this particular matter well this is conundrum
0: um we've got (laughs) supposedly two months for this new policy to come into effect i think our seven sets of eyes will be reading this very very carefully and uh trying not to have any misinterpretations possible which i would also suggest the next round of people looking at it will look at it with their eyes so one council passed this uh policy at one point in time thought of covered the details the way it should have been we obviously around this present table um differently. So uh, the only thing I can suggest is let's get through to the end of July, two more timesheets, and hopefully there's nothing to go to so we don't have anything to put on them. That would be very nice. However, that's not going to be the way it is. So I, I don't know what to suggest. i I think i'm obliged basically to put down time because one counselor goes the next one doesn't general public doesn't know why they're different i don't know so quite frankly i'm at a loss um we've got legal opinions galore starting to fly around which is not a good place to be in either and because as mr Uh, ford also mentioned one legal opinion disagree with another legal opinion and neither one of them or both of them can be right depending upon some nuance. So you yeah. know so unless somebody's got a suggestion here. No, just one further comment. Like I I do understand
6: um putting something on your timesheet and donating it back or donating it to uh let's say a not-for-profit group and getting a tax receipt. For my my opinion, that defeats the purpose. You're still taking you're still taking money from the taxpayers to pay to pay for an event that you shouldn't be well in my case, I don't think I should be charging for. it. And I do have one of those events coming up. So okay,
0: anything further?
4: I also spoke to my lawyer about this. Um and what he indicated to me was was the way the policy was written was very vague uh, and did leave room for interpretation, and the part that he brought to my attention that or maybe I brought to his and he agreed with me I don't remember which was was um it said the town will pay you but it did not say the councillor had to charge. And he said, that's where it's vague. So he directed me to go with the direction my conscience directed me. He said, if you, he said, either side is right. And 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 I've never cared what anybody charges, as long as you are policy, following the policy. But the policy is vague and does leave that open. And... As a result, that I'm really hoping Barb comes or CEO Miller comes back with something very clear and very fair that everybody can agree to, um, with with their conscience being clear, essentially, because that's what's directing me at this point.
0: Well, and, and you know, we also have a form in front of us which. Provide some direction good or bad mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that'll be part of it I'm I'm thinking mm-hmm. so anyways um I think we're kind of just gonna have to leave this matter and uh I'm hoping somebody can bring forward a motion to accept the briefing note for information
1: sounds mm-hmm. good comment oh, or absolutely it? no I never no comment just allow to accept the briefing note for in- briefing note and comments. For <laughs> Okay, Thank you. <laughs> get discussion?
0: All those in favor? Opposed? It is carried to. Thank you. Okay, now we're at reports and we have community services board minutes of April 26th and I believe Councilor Carr attended that meeting so anything that you'd like to report on from that um, meeting?
4: Um, in my mind, the highlight of the meeting was the senior citizens or senior services coordinators report. I was, I was very impressed with how much she, uh, she covers and what I've told does a very nice job of it. Uh, it was fairly short that night, if I remember. Um, but I, I, I know we talked about the weed bylaw in town and, and, and uh, The museum did a little bit of a presentation on on articles that they will be removing from their inventory. Um but other than that, there there really wasn't much to it other than reports, always reports. Thank you. Yeah,
0: that committee has lots of reports. Any uh questions of Councilman Park? Would someone be prepared to put forth a motion to accept that report deputy mayor sure okay all those in favor It is carried then we have the information um, Council information was council communication package uh, first one of May 19th and um, Anybody come up with anyone within that that they want to comment on Okay, then we have the May 26th one. Anyone want to comment on that one? Okay, then would someone move that council accept items 10 1 for information? Councillor Carr, all of us in favor? Great, it is carried. Key communication items. All counselors, what would you think of from this meeting? Well, I think the business the business grounds and well, that what we're going to call it because it's for well, cool. the better terminology. Yeah. downtown we're about. because it's the tourism part too that needs to be highlighted. Councillor Debbie Mayor.
6: I, I think the uh the briefing note on the graffiti cleanup kit that was brought forward by Director Bell because the graffiti downtown has been an issue for uh, a lot of our business community in the last uh, few months.
0: Ian I would suggest the capital um updates all be highlighted, all four of them. The good name, hope. <laughs> yeah, including the hot. Anything else? Okay, this is uh, beginning of May. Um, so July first, uh, it's my understanding this year that there'll be one event, and it'll be at the park rather than at the museum and at the park. So just be prepared that way. And it's July one, and fireworks <laughs> are June thirtieth, I think. If you could stay up that late. Okay. okay. That's my bedtime. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so it um there's nothing in uh closed session on um, adjournment. Who would like to move adjournment? okay, right. counselor scramboard moves adjournment at 731. All is in favor. It is carried. Thank you. Thank you We're still recording, by the way. So I queen. got my email
3: on <laughs> the, that the yeah. lemonade.
7: They're
3: expecting here. some lemonade. Oh,
0: here. my God.